0: Hi, it's Dave here, and you're listening to The Cinemile. I'm not with my wife, Cathy, today. She is unavailable, so I have my replacement wife here, Sam Clements hello we're
1: married now legally are, I don't, uh, forgot so to this is that. how you do it I yes. see <laughs> I succumbed to the cinema mile walk
0: you thought that that ring was just for show but no it's official oh. Um, oh, I'm Sam, very happy Sam is uh, from the 90 Minutes or Less uh, podcast uh, no 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival podcast
1: it's the 90 Minutes or Less <laughs> Film Fest podcast so, there we go um, it's uh we shot ourselves in the foot with a very long name
0: there <laughs> yeah but it's an awesome concept so I'm gonna have a go at it but probably butcher it um so, Sam invites guests on to watch a movie that is ninety minutes or under, and then pitch it as if they are f- uh, organisers at a
1: festival. You nailed it. How did it. I do? Okay. Absolutely nailed it. So I act as the—it's a pretend festival. We should—we should reiterate. No For one actually now. comes For to now. the festival. Uh, I played a role of a sort of a film festival producer, and I'm trying to to build up my lineup of films that have to be ninety minutes or less. And uh, Dave and Kathy were kind enough to come on and suggest a movie. Uh, which I think is relevant to tonight's movie.
0: Yes, uh, it was uh Toy Story 1, which is not called Toy Story 1. It's just, just called it just was called Toy Story at the plain time. Plain
1: old Toy Story. Yeah. Um, uh, 77 minutes long. One of the greatest runtimes we've had on the podcast, I have to say. Oh, are we in pole position? Has anyone done uh, short? No, we've had we've had a couple of shorter ones, oh. but it doesn't mean a better film, though.
0: <laughs> so we're the best short. We've got the best sort of ratio
1: at the moment. Of I think, yeah, on quality the...
0: to, sh- to short duration. Yeah, if the yeah.
1: x-axis is quality of movie <laughs> and the y-axis is runtime, I think Toy Story is definitely the the pinnacle of that. Yes, we nailed it. Um, it's so also we... uh, the only Toy Story film eligible for the fest. Yeah, they get longer and longer. Hey, what's the duration on this while we're on it? Well, so, the Toy Story 2 is like 20 minutes longer than Toy Story 1. Toy Story 3 is the longest. It's 26 minutes longer than Toy Story 1. Toy Story 4, a gentleman's 100 minutes. So, (laughs) 23 minutes longer than Toy Story 1.
0: 100 minutes is such an optimal length for a movie I mean obviously I like 90 I mean 90 I would argue
1: is the optimal length (laughs) but 100 is is not far
0: off (laughs) uh, I'm here to announce my spin off podcast 100 minutes or less uh, podcast festival podcast film festival podcast uh, coming to your ears soon um yeah, it's a great concept for a show, films should be longer, we're always saying, uh, shorter, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm really tired. Um, you the,
1: you're the <laughs> rival podcast, you're, uh, 90 minutes are over, film
0: um, <laughs> Films should be shorter, they're too long, um, it's a great idea, and it's a really hard challenge, I've got to say. We've really struggled, um, and I'm sure a lot of your guests have, have found the same. Um, but go check that out if you want to hear myself and Cathy's thoughts on uh, Toy
1: Story. Where can they find you? Uh, we have a website, 90minfilmfest.com, where if you search 90minfilmfest on your podcatcher of choice, you'll find us. It's a nine zero. Controversially went for the numbers rather than letters. Yeah. But we do appear at the top of pod feeds because numbers go before letters. So you nine zero min film fest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, you can also clever. tweet at
1: us at 90 Filmfest.
0: Don't start your podcast with the, let me tell you that. <laughs> the opposite happens. Um, right, well, let's talk about Toy Story 4. I um, was not very excited for this movie because I thought the trailers were really bad. Um, and obviously, Toy Story 3 had the most perfect ending you could imagine, uh, completing what is possibly one of the greatest trilogies of all time. So for me, I was like, just felt like corporate necessity. Um, and I, I got a bad vibe from the trailers. They just seemed messy and muddled and retreading old territory. Um, but then all these reviews came in. Apparently it's, it's wonderful, so I don't know. What, how do you feel about that?
1: I agree in that Toy Story 3 was one of the greatest third installments of all time, even better than Die Hard with of Vengeance. Uh, Which is quite a high bar there. I mean, I've never really pitted those two movies against (laughs) each other in my head, but. And and you're right, Pixar are coming off a run of sequels. We've had uh, only last year, we had Incredibles 2, we've had Monsters University, we had Finding Dory. It's a lot of the beloved sort of early films are getting a sequel and now a fourth installment for Toy Story. But the uh, directors and, and producers at the company say, they also agree Toy Story 3 has the perfect (laughs) ending so you're like well why bother writing the rest of the press release guys okay let's just call it (laughs) off but then they follow on on the second paragraph to say but then we had this idea, and apparently this idea for this film, which apparently focuses more on the toys rather than on Andy, who was the former human uh, boy in the film, or a bit like a zombie in Toy <laughs> Story a 1. Former human boy, current <laughs> human man. <laughs> uh, so apparently this is, this is looking at it from the toys perspective rather than the owner of the toys perspective, I, I think there's something in that but I would also say I think the first three Toy Story films focus on the toys plenty <laughs> yeah
0: I mean it's not let's face it it's not um, Andy's story really I mean like yeah. you said he's like he's barely
1: in it there's several scenes where he's not in it uh, but they do they, they do all focus around what Andy wants so I'm interested this to see the toys untethered in Toy Story 4 oh, why did they call it that I would watch that toys no. untethered or <laughs> here's my pitch toys in space Also, by me, that's Toy Story 5. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's incoming. Some people have described this film as a Toy Story road trip movie, which is often what happens when franchises continue to go they go on holiday to take a road trip going to space uh, is the obvious next uh, point of location i know well if they're taking a road trip to space job done um <laughs> that, in, it, wait they
0: should have called it toys trains and automobiles if that was the case would
1: also watch that maybe yeah. that's toy story six okay we got a new trilogy <laughs> we, here guys. why aren't we working for pixar <laughs> we're wasted walking around leicester square pitching these great ideas for the fountains
0: <laughs> yeah oh yeah no you guys can not picture this but we have just done 100 laps of the leicester square fountain because uh we're, we're, we met each other at our destination so there was nowhere to walk to um, and this podcast's premise must be maintained at
1: all costs it's very exciting we're at the center of film in the uk all of the film premieres take place here and as we're talking now there is actually a statue of charlie chaplin one of the most famous british filmmakers of all time there he is. Uh, right here so yeah we're really in the thick of it here almost a toy in itself well, is a statue true. a toy does he come uh, to life i think we'd have to ask the makers of toy story 4 <laughs> what, what are the rules are... <laughs> <laughs> all right let's head in we'll uh, see you on the other side of toy story 4 i know the perfect toy to help
0: kaboom canada's greatest stuntman huh. oh yeah huh yes uh-huh. he's posing yeah
1: duke we need hold to... on
0: one more oh yeah hold on huh?
1: whoa
0: what do you save me i've known that guy my whole life two days is that how we look on the inside there's so much f- f- fluff
1: We have to find him, Mom.
0: Bonnie needs Forky. Aw,
1: Sheriff Woody, always coming to the rescue. That's gonna be quite a jump for you and Duke. For me? Let's kaboom. Go!
0: Hi, we're back. We've seen Toy Story 4 and now we're walking around Leicester Square Fountain again.
1: We are. We have just seen Toy Story 4 on the super screen. Yes, it was... um, what's What's that all about? It's a big screen. Well, it was a really big screen, not quite as big as IMAX, bigger than a regular screen. So, super screen. That's the super screen promise. That, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's super screen. Not quite as big as I was. But it was still big. We went into the cinema as they were playing the trailers and we had to walk in front of the screen and it was really big. It was like being in the movie. The Lion King trailer was so big. Yes. Um,
0: and we even tried out the, the first row seats just for fun, you know, in the well, very have to corner. See the, yeah, row A. I mean, who, who, who would ever sit there? That's, you basically have this, like, uh, skewed <laughs> vision of, of the... You know it's not like a flat screen. it's like all big at the bottom right, and
1: you see about an you know. eighth of the picture, yeah uh, for your five hundred pounds, which is what it costs to go to the cinema in Leicester Square now. I though. know it's very <laughs> stupid these days, isn't it was
0: it what was the one in the Odeon that there was a uh, on Twitter that was outraged because it was a fifty two pound a new, the new Odeon
1: it's uh, yeah, they have very, very, very expensive seats <laughs> yeah.
0: um anyway. Oh, the, oh, wait, the, one more thing about the super screen. They don't turn on the lights at the end. Now, I don't know if this happens in every screening, but it happened in ours.
1: Yeah, so I made, uh, I made Dave wait until the very end of the film because uh, I read on Twitter you should do that. And, uh, and as a treat, if you, for those people who do that, they don't turn on the lights. <laughs> so everybody... And there was quite a few people who stayed. They must have yeah. read the same tweet or whatever that I saw about staying to the end. And we were all sat in the dark waiting but like when the super screen goes out
0: <laughs> and this is not that it was like pitch black like, we were in space all our phones came on it was, <laughs> and it was really silent and like quite g- giddy everyone got a bit giddy I um, thought it
1: was a fun task though getting out of the screen by just your phone torchlight
0: yes it's the closest we'll ever get to feeling like the Chilean miners <laughs> yeah that was, a, that was a strange reference. <laughs> oh, we were in. The, I don't know where that came from. Um, we just
1: start a Toy Story Four review. Yes,
0: uh, a tragic situation with a happy resolution. See, true. This there you true. go. I've da- it's this, it's ex- just like the <laughs> Chilean miners. Done. Um, See you later. <laughs> that's my review.
1: Uh, I,
0: I thought that was wonderful. I loved it. Loved it all.
1: What a uh, fun you? film. I didn't expect to laugh so much. It's full of jokes, and a minute ago we were talking about how we felt this film was probably unnecessary. This film is incredibly necessary yes, they rot they wrought a whole brilliant movie
0: out of nothing well I guess is how most movies are made but, uh... <laughs> it was just some words on a page <laughs> but uh, uh... yeah no you you're right it's like it's um they they squeezed more um sentiment and emotion and and um Purpose from from a sort of a very dry well or what we thought was a very dry well, but Jesus Christ, this well goes deep. (laughs) As soon as you think of like this weird concept that they've created fifteen years ago of like toys coming to life, and they're still finding not only like interesting analogy analogies for I don't know uh, parenting and um, individuality. but uh, and the, the very nature of existence is kind of tackled in this movie and existential dread and it goes deep it's so deep but like not only that they're like finding fun and new ways to play with just toys and and it's so this movie is like just joyous and sweet and and bittersweet and, and as you said very very funny
1: I think it reminds me that Pixar don't do things for the sake of doing it they do things they really want to they really believe in and I think these films that Pixar take you know six, seven years to make I know they've been in production on this film for five or six years, and, uh, and and if they're going to put that much time into it, they must believe in it. So even though we're out here being quite cynical, Toy Story 4, actually there is a reason for this film to exist, and I'm sure it changed a hell of a lot from its conception like six years ago. But uh, but whatever, whatever the original sort of conceit to make, get this film made, I'm, I'm glad they had it, because it feels like a really... I don't know I don't want to say nice end because they might do Toy Story 5 but it feels like a really you know like a worthy addition to the Toy Story series whatever they might do next who knows
0: well that's the thing that's an interesting thing it's not quite the the sort of neat ending that uh, Toy Story 3 had I think it's a very beautiful ending Mm. and it's well let's talk in spoiler street about sort of whose ending it is um but it is an ending. It, it, the it, film it is an
1: has ending. an ending. <laughs> and yes. then the cinema is, in, is pitch dark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, crucially.
1: I think this is almost a... This feels like it's a fun like extra entry. It doesn't feel like... Like it is a continuation, of course. But it doesn't feel like it's the beginning of anything. It feels like this is a good adventure. Uh, and it's sort of like a nice extra... Almost like a standalone episode in the toys... Life, Yeah, that's uh, a nice way and, to put it. And I, a, I quite enjoyed that. It's an epilogue, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, almost. exactly. It's, it's a hundred a... minute long epilogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we um, haven't talked about the plot at all. No. Do we, do we normally do that? I do mean, I'm that? sure it's anything goes when you're walking yeah. around a fountain. <laughs> um, yeah, we should go out. Why don't you give
0: a, a, a brief synopsis? Then?
1: So a brief non-spoilery synopsis. Yeah. So hopefully, listeners, you've seen uh, Toy Story 3 because I think... Fi- well, I think if you you have to have seen the whole Toy Story series for this to have the most impact why I don't we just say. say spoilers
0: for the other Toy Stories
1: then spoilers for the other Toy Stories so uh, the, well Toy Story 1 right <laughs> uh, we follow these toys with their owner, Andy, who's a little boy who they grow up with. And, and over the course of the original trilogy, more toys join uh, the posse. Uh, originally, it's Woody and Buzz. And then we get characters like Jesse and, uh, and Mr. Pricklepants and a bunch of other people. Uh, it's a hedgehog voice by Timothy Dalton. Um, but Toy Story 3 ends with Andy growing up because kids grow up. Spoiler. And uh, giving his toys to a kid called Bonnie. And he donates his toys to a little girl. So that's the end, and it's a lovely ending to Toy Story 3. And we start this film in Bonnie's bedroom, and uh, Woody, who's the protagonist, is feeling a little bit left out because Bonnie, for whatever reason, isn't interested in the old cowboy doll so much she wants to play with all the other toys. Uh, so I think we start with Woody in the, in the cupboard with an elephant voiced by Mel Brooks. Yeah, there's, there's sort of four older toys here, and I read that it's
0: Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner... Um, What's her name off the Golden Girls? Uh, Betty White. Betty White's there. (laughs) There was someone else as well. But yeah, I mean wonderful little cameos there.
1: I think that's a really good way to set this film up though because for the, for the last three films Woody has been the guy who's told all the other toys what to do. He's kind of a jerk in Toy Story 1 as we talked about in the uh, 90 minute episode on, on that but, yeah. uh, but over the course of the film he learns to sort of find his place. He's the leader and the favourite toy and all that sort of stuff uh, and in this it's a, he's a toy kind of without a kid really um, but Bonnie is a, is a young girl and she goes to uh, she's having her first day of kindergarten She's nervous. She's scared. Woody sees this because he's an old pro. He's had a kid before. So he jumps in Bonnie's bag, which is not what the other toys want him to do. They want Woody to just stand down, let the kid go to school for God's sake. And, uh, and he sneaks to kindergarten with Bonnie and uh, he just wants to make sure she has a good time. Bonnie is having a terrible time in kindergarten until uh, Woody jumps in a trash can and throws uh, an old spork, some glue, uh, a pipe cleaner, and some crayons and a, and a, like a, a lollipop stick <laughs> uh, her this way. Is the first
0: five minutes. No, of no, the but I
1: think this is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and Bonnie creates a weird toy which you may have seen in the marketing called Forky, oh, and that's kind wonderful. of really where the film begins, right? <laughs> the rest of the film is is yeah. is. and then it's kind of about like, Forky, like you said
0: earlier. It's it's kind of a road trip movie. Um, yeah. But actually it's it's kind of feels like several different movies melded together in some ways. Um, and I think maybe let's just I think we both agree we loved it, we recommend it. Let's go to spoiler straight and get into the nitty-gritty. I think everybody should go see this. If you I think if, if you have any love or affinity for these movies at all, you will love this. Like undoubtedly. Um, yeah. and I would even say there's kind of enough in this. If you haven't seen any of these movies, I don't know who are you. Um, but and you got dragged along to it. You, I think there's enough to enjoy. You get enough in the. Yeah, of you'll be
1: left it. wondering who some of these characters are, and and because there's a lot of there's so many characters now in the because there's been four movies, so many like characters in these films. It's hard to give everybody a moment, but in this film a lot of characters just have one line and you're like oh that's nice he had his line she had her line that's great that's yeah. a nod to them so you might think it's a bit weird there's a lot of underdeveloped characters but seriously guys there's three movies worth of those guys yeah, uh, you get enough the, of them the right characters have the right amount of screen time and uh, yeah it's a fun adventure film with a couple of branching narratives it's the best looking Pixar film by a mile do you remember how hokey the first Toy Story looked (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, and and like it it still looks good the first Toy Story sort of holds up but there are certain textures and and the dog especially oh the dog (laughs) and Sid and yeah the humans and the dog in the first Toy Story have not aged well the rest of them have aged pretty well I think and in this film there's a cat which looks photorealistic (laughs) and there's so many humans in the first Toy Story because it's 1995 the company has just started doing feature films they 're not so good at doing doing humans, so they try and like avoid human faces and hands as much as possible and when they do show andy who 's the, the boy in the first one 's face, he looks like a zombie in yeah. this all of the humans look so good i mean you 're right
0: like that 's fifteen years has passed, which is not a long time in the history of cinema and I wanted to reach out and hug bunny she 's so <laughs> freaking adorable and reminded me so much of 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 our son Oscar um, mm-hmm. but even just like you know what the Pixar animators and, and a lot of the Disney animators are so good at like picking out those little things that humans do or animals do or inanimate moving toys do <laughs> um, that are just like instantly recognizable. like I saw um, Oscar in so many of her little mannerisms like when she was scared and didn't want to go to school and I was just like my heart was breaking and, and it's like yeah that's a, a load of pixels on a computer making, mm. making me feel like that it's, it's Drawn magic. by humans it, who
1: probably have children themselves and want to put that that like their collective experience into this character of Bonnie, who who is like the ultimate on-screen uh, young person, the <laughs> ultimate like, on-screen young person. I was going to say toddler, but she's it, like four or five, so probably post post toddler. For
0: for a, for a second there, I imagined you as like a Steve Jobs character on a stage, <laughs> introducing the ultimate on-screen young person. We call her Bonnie. <laughs> she's the new toy. <laughs> um, no, you're right, though. It's a collective... Um, it's, it's like the... And that's why Pixar kind of gets better and better in the animation side because they're building on the shoulders of, of, of their previous successes. And when you see the credits, which we sat till the end of, <laughs> there are hundreds of people working on this. So it is a huge collective effort and, and an, an incredible effort, because you're right, it looks amazing. At the very beginning of this movie, there's a transition from the Pixar logo to a rainy street mm. and it's like right well that's just a
1: real rainy street then that's not yeah, but animated. the rain looks photorealistic yeah. so many of even though these are talking toys so many of the elements look in the world look photorealistic the rain the cats, I think the textures on people's clothes uh, a lot of the toys yeah. are plastic or porcelain but they're wearing like cotton uh, little tiny cotton clothes and they look incredible and I kept finding myself going oh that cat looks good <laughs> oh, that shirt looks great. You know also, you were saying that out loud. The oh, that was, the, I, that was the guy. Yeah. He was so annoying. <laughs> the, uh, and also what they've done is, because there's been, I mean, the film, the series has started like 24 years ago. These toys are very well played with. They've had like, little scuffs. Oh my God, is it 24 years? Yeah, 95. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay. Uh, so they, they've added little scuffs and like Buzz Lightyear is a plastic toy full of stickers and, and his stickers are starting to peel off and Woody's got some like scuffs on his plastic shoes and do you remember in Toy Story 2 where Woody loses an arm and, and a, a guy has to sew his arm back on yeah. where well, you can see the stitches on his arm from Toy Story 2 oh, man, like they've gone to that. town on the detail there's also a really creepy transition where the camera goes into Woody's eye and you see like the makeup of his eye and then it sort of pulls back out again don't know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, when he's We've on never the swing. Woody, with, yeah. With Andy. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've never seen Woody's eyes that detailed before. <laughs>
0: you no, can see I into mean his toy
1: if soul. There's, if there's anything to recommend this movie, it's
0: a deep look into Woody's plastic eye hole. Um, right, let's move on to uh, the spoiler section of the fountain. Here, let's go. Let's go deep. Yeah, it's actually in the center of the fountain. I'm afraid we have to dive in. <laughs> oh, the spoiler fountain. Uh, <laughs> right. Splash noises. Um, so. I don't there's quite, quite a lot to unpack here Um
1: I'm just going to throw something out there. Keanu Reeves. Okay, so uh, Duke Kaboom. Yeah. The, the, uh, the Canadian, uh, <laughs> yes, we, Canada. Yes, I mean, there's so many funny lines in there. The this. Evil Knievel type doll. So, yeah, I guess there's a bunch of new characters. Keanu Reeves, uh, this is Keanu Reeves' first uh, U-rated movie, first family-rated movie. Is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, it, which is, uh, I guess it sort of makes sense, but it's also kind of incredible. The guy is like 50 years old, and he's been working What's for a hell of a long time. Bill and Ted PG? Uh, no, I think they must have had some cuss words. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but Duke Kaboom, what do we think of him? I thought he was quite funny he,
1: um, yeah I guess I, I, he, he's based on what I know as an evil Knievel doll which I never had because I wasn't alive in the 70s but I, I get the reference I've seen it on other things he's a lot of fun uh, a, a stunt driving toy who has got an emotional uh, like trauma in his past
0: <laughs> I laughed every time he said Rajon just because I don't know that was a really funny name
1: Um, He's uh, he's got this, um, I guess, uh, this is what Toy Story does so well. All of the films do. They deal with the toys, uh, you know, trauma or some sort of issue they're having, and the films help them get over it. His is that he isn't as good as he is in the adverts, which is something that every kid knows from seeing an incredible commercial (laughs) and then the toy not doing the things it does on screen. But he is aware that he isn't as good as his commercials, so he is afraid of doing stunts. I mean, the psychological (laughs) complexity to all of
0: these things. We haven't even covered... um, Forky wanting not to exist from the second he exists (laughs) which is one of the most Mm -hmm. profoundly disturbing concepts um, while also being simultaneously hilarious as he tries to leap into the trash at every available opportunity.
1: He's so... Like, when we saw him in the trailers and the posters, you mentioned the trailer didn't do it for you uh, before we saw the film, and I think everybody was like, what the hell is Forky? Is like some googly eyes on a spork? But he is a lot of fun, and you're right, that yeah. whole uh, existential crisis that exists from second one with him uh, <laughs> is, is incredible. I did not see that coming in this film. No. And for it to actually be handled really, really well...
0: But yeah, they tackle. That's what's so good about these movies. Like, there's you can enjoy them um, for what they are, you know, as, as sort of fun surface level stuff. But as soon as you start to like, kind of think about any of this for even a minute, um, then it's like, whoa, there's like some really deep ideas under the surface here. Like, Bonnie literally created, um, like, an intelligence. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, and she she is God. She created an an intelligence who does not want to exist or wants to be trash. He wants to be something that he's not. That he wants to be a former life. life. And there's even a moment where he's literally birthed into existence out of that bag. Yeah. Right? That's, that's literally, like, coming out of the birth canal. It was like... There's so much, like... Prof- <laughs> profoundly, like... Um, interesting ideas in the whole Toy Story universe. Because the... Um, and then Woody is kind of almost like his father figure in many ways. Like he's holding his hands and he's a, like toddler dragging his his heels as
1: he's trying to explain to him about the world and like and um... keep him safe. You know, you're right. It's like yeah. uh, like like looking after a, a, a well. I guess as soon as your child can crawl, they probably want to crawl towards things which may or may not hurt them. Yes. And he's he's doing that for the whole film, trying to shepherd uh, Forky back into Bonnie's arms because Bonnie loves him so much. Toddlers are constantly trying to kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, seriously, uh, but it makes you wonder what the like. I thought. I guess we sort of know by this point, the fourth movie in uh, what the rules of the Toy Story are when there's adults around, when there's when there's humans around the toys sort of go lifeless and they just flop down wherever they're laying. Um, but when the adults aren't around, they can talk, they can run around, they, they can do all sorts of stuff. And occasionally, they blur the lines like in the end of Toy Story 1, uh, all of the toys come back sort of from the dead and they spook Sid. Yeah. And in this film, uh, there's a character who poses as a sat-nav, so, and the parents <laughs> in the car hear the, the sort of voice of the sat through this toy uh, and hilarity ensues. But it does make you question what the rules are. Like, when do they come, when do they become sentient? <laughs>
0: I mean I mean, they were just like, these toys were just flying around left right and centre like they're, they're driving prams and skunks through like busy <laughs> pedestrian areas it's like it, it, it's like it's, it is becoming harder and harder to conceive that nobody has noticed these toys um, but uh, like on that on that note of like playing with the, the rules and all that we do get one of the best gags in the movie which is the Keenan and Kel voiced plush toys whose names I've forgotten. Uh, bunny, and,
1: bunny, and Ducky, voiced by bunny Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele, the director of Us and well, not uh, Get and Out. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Peele. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, uh, uh, Key, Key and Peele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, which make, is great because no, they, they those guys, have sort of finished doing Key and Peele, but this is like one last hurrah. If you've seen their show, uh, which is incredibly good, their sketch show. Uh, this is like one last hurrah for Key and Peele playing Ducky and Bunny, uh, two toys who are at a fairground and because the game is rigged uh, Bill Hader voices the guy who uh, is like the attendant oh really uh, who doesn't really have a whole lot to say but I think he was like cool Buzz Lightyear at one point <laughs> yeah um, but, uh, but yeah they, they, they just, they're just the top prize on a game that no kid can ever win so they're, they're never going to be given to a kid and they've been up there for three years and then Buzz comes along and busts them out. <laughs> I love that idea. But that, like they played, um,
0: they played the rule of three of comedy very well with their, uh, their them explaining what what they were, how they were going to get the key. I mean, just that that long walk down the end of that punchline on the third one with the woman going home and having a glass of <laughs> wine in the bath and you know it's coming and I was just like I was losing it it was so good and then the sort of the, and then is this, this bonus little gag of how did you get the key and she just puts it in front of them it's like this movie is like so so funny
1: so um, many of the jokes are visual jokes as well like they, they they used everything on screen to tell these gags which is what I love about Pixar it's such a rich experience seeing it on a big screen because like not a second is wasted. Like, I wouldn't cut anything out of this movie, and this is coming from the guy who loves films that are ninety minutes or less. This film is perfect at 100 minutes. This film is perfect at 100 minutes. I mean, I would be selfish and maybe say like a bit more, but it probably doesn't need a bit more. It probably is absolutely fine at 100 minutes. Yeah, you're These right. These guys know what they're doing.
0: It was it was pretty bang on. Like um, even though it felt like, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, it. And this is my problem with the trailers. It kind of is hard to even make a trailer for this because what is the core of this movie? Like, Mm. is it. I would probably say this is Woody's movie uh, with a sort of Bo Peep as as the sort of secondary main character. Like, Mm. Buzz Lightyear is a background character.
1: Yeah, it's weird Um, actually seeing Buzz, who has been consistently like the dual protagonist. Woody's yeah. films, like Toy Story One, is about him realizing he's a toy, and Woody realizing to not be a jerk. <laughs> and and in this film, Buzz really doesn't have a whole lot to do. He sort of follows shadows Woody for a bit.
0: Yeah, it's very much Woody's story, and it's very much Woody's ending. Um, but I like that they brought Bo Peep back, and we should say, um, Kathy wanted Kathy could make it, but she wanted us to address uh, the Bo Peep issue because she knew she was in it mm. and how she would be portrayed because. Uh, well, if you've listened to um, to us talking about the original Toy Story, Kathy had deep concerns about Bo Peep as a character rewatching it because she's got like two lines in that movie, and it's all basically the only lines.
1: female character I think in Toy Story one of, of a toy. Uh, the other characters are a mom and a little girl, sister, and Bo Peep, and yeah, she's Woody Squeeze. Yeah, like, that's kind of all she says. She's like, sort of this hey, idol of lust for Woody. I'll see,
0: yeah, that's all she is. She's a, a symbol of like, hey, maybe I'll put the sheeps down early tonight.
1: Yeah, yeah. she's a very... dirty, like, China
0: doll. <laughs> yeah, and so there's very little to her, but boy they you know they, I, I, they've they clearly addressed that um, she's basically Charlize Theron from Mad Max Fury it role. felt like she
1: was in the right. Fury Road right yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <'cause laughs> she's it's, awesome in, um, in Toy Story 2 she has a really similar role as well she's like a mo- uh, an object of desire for Woody also has about two lines in that film and then in Toy Story 3 she's weirdly absent uh, there's a line like you know oh it's not the same without Bo Peep and like okay cool like, maybe you couldn't get the actor back or something but uh, but Annie no. Potts from Ghostbusters Annie Potts the yeah. incredible Annie Potts but it feels like they've realized that they they did bo Peep wrong in Toy Story three or maybe throughout the whole series, and yes, a major character in this <laughs> major major character and a great character like and
0: um and a perfect sort of like you know the, the, you you spoke about them having the perfect story and reason to do this and I did read like um years ago when they um one of the head of Disney at the time as they were developing the script said it was a romantic comedy and I think that's I don't think it's quite a romantic comedy but certainly it is that that's the core of Woody's sort of um, emotional journey isn't it Mm. and it makes for a beautiful ending Um, and and I love this idea of like finding new purpose in your life um, after your kids have grown up right because if we look at this as an epilogue to the first three toy stories which are an easy analog for being a parent. Um, you know you know the third one is literally watching your child who you've who you, who you've watched grow up and spend all these magic moments together go off to college and they don't need you anymore. And there's even a line in this movie where Woody says something like uh, I think he's talking to Forky and he says you know and he went he goes off and he went off and had all these experiences without us and mm. we're no longer present. Um and there's something about retirement in here or, or finding a purpose in, you know, a new, a new existence for yourself or a new meaning and making the most of that um, and embracing it and loving life. Like, she, I like what Bo Peep's sort of philosophy... She's happy, you know, and, and it's, it's like the whole thing is about Woody changing his perspective, which she helps him do. She, he is, sees her as a lost toy and, you know, they have that lovely line where
1: she says, you're the one who's lost. Mm. Um, do you think the analogue here is that, because the, the, the toys always call the kids my kid, and do you think that, so the toys are parents, and, you know, Woody has a second lease of life with a new kid, a second child, yeah. and he goes through that, but, uh, but eventually the kids grow up and they get rid of the toys, or your kids grow up and they, they go and live their own life. And it's sort of about Woody becoming okay with being on his own, being an adult with no children. Yes, and actually there's something, that's exactly right, and there's something interesting about about
0: that from the female experience, which obviously we, we can't comment on, and it's, it's like, again, I, I'm only trying to anticipate what Cathy would say. But Bo Peep is literally, you know, she's almost saying she's turning her back on having kids or that opportunity was taken away from her Mm. and she's embracing um, her own life and carving out her own, say, path or career or whatever in a world that was telling her to do one thing. So it's very scary to Woody, who's very more conventional in many ways and sees you have to have a kid, you know? You have to, he's a family man, family values potentially and she's... What he sees, he sees her as outside of society's conventions. Um, who's literally created her own identity in society, away from all of that. Anyway, I'm probably reading too much into this. But there's also, but there's also literally, um, Woody gives up his own voice to uh, give another woman her voice. Mm, um, there's point. something interesting there. You know, the Little Mermaid famously has been criticised by feminists for doing the opposite of that of taking away the female voice and this is you know you, you could look at this as a in the broader cultural context uh, of you know a man handing on the, the the baton to a woman or at least giving her the chance to live the life that um, and privilege that he's had it's privilege isn't it like he he has she uh, Gabby Gabby points out you've not only had the, the privilege of these happy experiences once but you've had it twice and all yeah. I want is just one of those small moments one of those little chances you have and
1: and I, I loved what they did with her as a character She's as quite well. a tragic figure. I have a new character called Gabby Gabby, voiced by Christina Hendricks, who's in an antique shop. And she said she's a, a talking doll made in the same sort of time as Woody. They have the same voice box, like, Paul string voice box. And uh, she says at one point she was uh, defective from the factory. And that she asked Woody when he was made, he says, the 50s. It's now 2019. So for, like, almost 70 years, she has been on her own, waiting for a kid. Like, incredibly tragic figure. When,
0: yeah, when you think of just the
1: like, literally
0: infinity and beyond of is what these toy, like these toys don't seem to like die as such. Even no, they, right, they, like they, and so, the, so the, she's faced seventy years in a cabinet. I mean, the. the absolute horror of most of the the potential
1: existence of this sort of
0: sub-society that exists under our feet that they've Mm. created is like really (laughs) awful as soon as you start to really think about it.
1: What I like about her is she's sort of the villain of the piece but in Toy Story and in a lot of uh, Pixar films, there isn't a villain who's outright evil. It's a villain who has a past trauma who's trying to deal with it and I think she's a really good example of that. She isn't just doing this for the sake of it. She's doing this because she wants to be played with. And she's so desperate. She's willing to take Forky prisoner and willing to steal, like, literally steal, like, open Woody up and rip his voice box out. (laughs) And she has those ventriloquist dummy henchmen. (laughs) Oh, they're so good. (laughs) Benson. How good? I love them.
0: And I love how they moved. Like, they, they animated them so well. Like, this clunky head. Kind of wobbling left and right in these arms that don't really work. Well, like Because like Well they're they're dummies. They're puppets, aren't they? They're all head and no they're, so, they're designed to be held by a hand. So there's there's no support mechanism. I thought it was just genius right, and horrifying. So
1: often they, they fall over head first. Like they don't and they just throw themselves yeah. because the head's the heaviest thing. It goes, that's a good I didn't notice that. that's a great point. I mean it was, oh, it was just <clears throat> just
0: wonderful. And just like that little look that uh, when Forky says goodbye to Benson
1: at the end and he's just like <laughs> it's like oh my god I, lo- I love this film I could talk about this forever but there's so much going on in it. it's it's. I think if you went back for second, third watches you would find even more detail in there because like, I, I noticed a couple little easter eggs to other Pixar films but I'd love to go back and have a proper look anything come
0: to mind? I didn't really uh, if you've
1: seen the film Up uh, there's a there's a, a badge like a grape badge uh, that the Boy Scout has. Oh yes, she collects it. Brings it to uh, yeah. Bo Peep and she goes, "Nah." <laughs> and uh, if you've seen Coco, uh, the lead character's got a, a guitar in it and they're on the prize stand at the end uh, in the theme park. Oh, well so you spotted, can win man! the guitar from Coco.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm glad we brought you on, Sam. You've got an <laughs> eagle eye for this stuff, just, even a, in the
1: just pitch a nerd. Black. <laughs> All right, well, we'll leave it there. Any other Anything we're missing off that you'd like to...? Uh, well, so the director tweeted to stay during the credits uh, because there's something at the end. I would say there are lots of scenes in the credits which are worth watching. The one at the end is for hardcore... <laughs> <laughs> Pixar bands <laughs> yeah. but it's also quite a nice payoff to a gag uh, with the combat carl dolls which they do have in they've been in the Toy Story series since Toy Story 1 uh, Sid is blowing up combat carls yeah. so it's kind of nice to see these combat carl dolls and there's a there's a sad little one who doesn't get a high five I love that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned visual gags like that was such a brilliant visual gag it just kept they kept they kept paying it off in the background. And I was like, no, you've got to resolve this. And I'd forgotten about it. So when it finally came around in the end credits, I was like, yeah, all right. It was, it was worth it. Um,
1: uh, Carl t- Weathers
0: does that voice as well. I love,
1: yeah. I love that. They, they get the best people in to do voices. Like uh, Timothy Dalton, who was in Toy Story 3, is a quite big uh, character in this. He has one line. But Timothy Dalton will come back for one line. Such a good line, though. <laughs> it had me in stitches. It was one of my favorite characters
0: in Toy Story 3.
1: Uh, so, I mean, you have a, a, a child who will grow up soon uh, and will want to play with toys. He's grown up this very minute. He's growing up as we speak. Uh, of the new toys like Forky, do you do you think that's a, a potential favourite for Oscar? Guys, that's a good question going because the wrong way. it's not a very... It's not they're a very child-friendly...
0: The t- they're going the wrong way. We are going the right way. We are going the right way. <laughs> um, which is uh, clockwise around a fountain yeah. on lap 50. Um, <laughs> It's not a very, like, it's an interesting one because it's not a very, like, attractive toy. Do you know what I mean? Like, you only, I can only see this toy um, having value with the sort of emotional connectivity with this movie.
1: Because she made it with her bare hands. Yes. Well, exactly. But, like, how, that,
0: how, how are they going to manufacture Forky toys? Are they just going to be all one bit of plastic? I mean, I presume they're not going to sell. It's like, make your own Forky with a, a piece of used lollipop stick and a, and a bit of twine, although that would be a genius... I uh, a
1: gift for parents everywhere. Look, I got you an official Forky doll. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> as you, as you uh, lick off the end of your ice cream. And yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Forky was very charming. Um, he definitely grew on me. He kind of disappears in the middle of the movie a little
1: bit. I think you miss him as well. He, he, because yeah. he, he's pure uh, comedy, and there's a bit of emotional heart to this film as there are in a lot of Pixar films, and he, I think he has to step aside to let the plot move forward. But uh, it's so good when he comes back. <laughs>
0: and he, he, his his sort of
1: um, journey is
0: resolved kind of very early on. I mean, like you get that moment where Woody tells him. You know, he has the realization I'm Bonnie's trash, mm. um, which is quite a lovely moment. But kind of that's it for him. Then he's like, "All right, I'm in. I'm going to go back to Bonnie." And then it's, then it's just kind of like plot machination for him, which is he- interesting because it kind of the movie kind of positioned it a lot as like put him in the in the front, but he's he's kind of secondary. I mean, it is. I
1: think he's exciting. like a, he's a MacGuffin. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's uh, to exactly bust it. out a, a screenwriting phrase, he's he becomes this object which is the focus of everybody's sort of attention and desires. But he, like, say, he's already had his arc. He's when he realizes he's a toy and Bonnie loves him, he's happy, which happens quite early on. And the rest of the film is the other toys trying to rescue him from Gabby Gabby. So he is the Maltese Falcon. <laughs>
0: let's leave it there I don't know how to get up Forky is the Maltese Falcon is a sentence I wasn't expecting to hear in 2019 but here we are Um, Sam thank you for thank you for coming on um, much appreciated. Thank you for walking around this fountain a dizzying number of times with me.
1: I've had a lovely time walking around this fountain. We've seen many tourist groups and uh, buskers and, uh, and a whole host us. of special guests for there's, your show.
0: There's people on <laughs> benches here wondering what we are doing.
1: Um, Sam, where can everyone find you? Give them one more reminder. Uh, you can find uh, the 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest on Twitter at 90 Min fest That's a number 90 and, uh, and if you're in London on the 14th of September we're doing a live show at King's Place as part of the London Podcast Festival uh, so come along come on. we're going to watch a 90 minutes or less film at the festival and then we're going to do a podcast with, uh, with uh, a friends of ours uh, Helen Zaltzman and Martin Osterwick. Um so yeah they haven't chose their movie yet there's a lot of pressure on them for to do this uh, but when they do that we'll, we'll watch a film together
0: Podcasting legends
1: Podcasting Those legends and lovely people <laughs>
0: um, All right, thanks, Sam. You can find us uh, at the Cinemile on uh, Twitter, etc. If you like what we're doing here, head over to our Patreon, um, and uh, you can subscribe and get loads of uh, extra
1: podcast episodes um, yeah, I should say I'm a Patreon subscriber I love the extra episodes oh thanks Sam. you do retro movies and you did all of Game of Thrones which was a lot of fun because I, I needed someone to talk it through and having you guys in my ears really helped me process <laughs> that I someone talk at you talk <laughs> at me really about Game of Thrones uh, right thanks for listening everyone well, I'm bye 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 <laughs> playing us out
0: that was great uh, A musical end Wait, what about Buzz Lightyear stuff? I am Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger. (laughs) And then Woody's like, you are a toy. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Do the flying thing he does. Do it, do it. it. To infinity and your mom. (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, no, no. Let me show you. To insanity and a blonde. What do you even? That's how it goes. Saying? No, that's how it goes. To immunity and respond. To indecency and. To incredibly... Hey, hey, guys! You got it all wrong. It's to infinity and beyond.
1: That's the stupidest thing I've heard. You
0: can't go to infinity, dummy. It's impossible. He's over here talking about
1: infinity. You don't go beyond infinity. You
0: don't know nothing about science.